This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. I'm now joined for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors by Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJBL. We're going to discuss the world of investment from a UK perspective. Where, where do you want to start, Russ? Bosses. We've all got them, generally speaking, and they're <laughs> yes. pretty pretty important. Um, and just intriguing um, that Ben Van Burden, the Shell Chief Executive Officer at the age of 64, is announced he's stepping down after nine years at the end of this year, which is kind of intriguing so it takes us to i think the 18 announcements of FTSE 100 bosses changing this year although only 11 are likely to become effective with seven next year and the 11 is just a smidgen under the 20 odd year average of 12 and a bit so it's nothing extraordinary but it's 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 always interesting to see who's coming and who's going and, and and perhaps whether you can infer something from that or not um look generally has changed somewhat for running a massive oil company over the time of his yeah, tenure, has it not? Yeah, it I, I, I has. And, I, I, you know, it's always you, the first thing you do wonder is why they're going. I, there's no statement as to why I assume he's retiring, but he's done nine years. The FTSE 100 average is six years. So that's a, that's a, a big ups, uptick on the average. Hmm. I mean, why does a CEO normally go? Well, I suppose an extremist, they get sacked. Either the shareholders or the board are unhappy. Well, that doesn't seem to be the case here. Uh, there are personal reasons. There is a possibility for retirement, uh, just a new challenge, take on a different position. That mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. Uh, uh, or just, frankly, get out while the going's good. And, and you know, who can blame people? If they've got a good reputation, why not, you know, check out when it's still good? And if you're looking at Shell right now, profits are booming. The dividend's being rebuilt. The debt pile has come down. The BG acquisition of 2015-16 looks like it's looking pretty smart because it gets shell more exposure of liquefied natural gas which let's face it is a is a serious asset right now and as you say on the other side the geopolitical temperature is hot you've got people waggling windfall tax at you um discussions of excess profits pressure to you know do away with hydrocarbons or at least go net zero and 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 so on so you can understand from a human perspective why you might think actually you know what nine years (laughs) maybe there there, there is something i can different i can do in my time which many people are thinking of retiring yeah i i guess it's nice to have the option i mean you know one of the things that people are looking for in the employment statistics is how many in the u.s particularly how many older workers are coming back into the workforce because they need to do so for economic reasons so again it's, it's nice to have that option but so i think it's it wouldn't shock me if it was just a bit of a you know what this is as good as it's gonna you know is it, it's gonna mm. be kind of situation uh, internal hire which is tends to be the shell way um, it's interesting, if you look at the FTSE 100 changes this year, some have been internal hires, Shell, Anglo-American, Taylor Wimpy. Some have been external, JD Sports, Smith & Nephew, Burberry. So there's no, there's no one path there. I guess the pros of an internal um, continuity suggest that the culture is strong, the strategy is, is working, and there's no need to, 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 rock, mm. to, to rock things around. Uh, benefits of an external well, I guess if you go too internal too long, there's always the danger of groupthink, complacency, um, and at least you get a fresh perspective of somebody coming in. 
Um, but I guess the also the internal is that ultimate test of what Jim Collins called a level five leader in good to great, which is somebody who not just does a brilliant job when they're there, but somebody who sets tone and culture and makes it easy for the new person to take over and maintain that momentum and culture and strategy. And that's really hard to do. I mean, Jack Welch in the end couldn't do it. Alex Ferguson at Manchester United couldn't do it. That shows how hard it is, even those who were deemed to be absolute par excellence in the job found it really hard to get the next person to offer the next person found it really hard to, to, to keep it all going so it'll be an interesting test of the of, of, of the new incumbent mm-hmm. at NHL whom was known I hope I'm pronouncing correctly and I'm by no means certainly I'm whale of ale savan or so on right. uh, d- different perhaps at some of those companies that got set up as entrepreneurial ventures and grew like Topsy. I mean, remember thinking of succession at, at Apple, for instance, where, you know, the people in charge were, you know, it was their company. That's certainly not the case in Shell. No, I mean, I mean, I mean Apple, Apple is fascinating in that, you know, Steve Jobs helped set it up. He moved away. John Scully took over. That then went terribly wrong. It was actually the Microsoft bailout irony of ironies. And Steve Jobs came back and you, you can still find on YouTube someone there's a very grainy black and white video. I think it's even called Being Different. Um, and Steve Jobs, he stood there thankfully then in perfectly good health but still looking pretty scrawny in his sandals and his shorts mm-hmm. and looking like a bit of a scruff bag um saying he goes on a long diatribe about milk by the way and how he can't differentiate milk um or, or the people tried but he says look you, you know, certainly we, can if you've ever been to the states of drunk american milk well, you certainly differentiate from ours there absolutely is there is that to it but um uh, he, he says look we're, we're, the company is six to twelve months away from bankruptcy so, yeah, I can fire lots of people, cut costs, but what good's it going to do? Yeah. Nothing. So what we've got to do as a company is be different and make a difference to people's lives in a positive way. And, you know, it, it, it then comes back, you know, what is the point of a corporation? It, it's, it's, as Peter Drucker put it, it's to find a customer, make something easier, better, for, easier for them or bring them pleasure or do something for them that makes, you know, a difference to them. And that's, and if you do that really well, then you'll have customers. And if you have customers, you have a chance of, genuinely adding value, making a profit, generating positive cash and doing all the wonderful things that shareholders want to see. I think the number of company presentations that I've seen where the CEO sits down and says, well, my mission is to construct shareholder value. I'm almost tempted to leave the room as soon as they've opened their trap because you're you're putting the cart before. How do you create shareholder value if you've got no customers? So what I want to hear about is why are you in business and how are you going to entice the customer to you? Not how are you going to tell me what the share price is going to do? Couldn't give a fig. That'll take care of itself. Uh, let us pause for a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. I'm talking to Russ Mould of AJ Bell about the financial outlook for personal investors. So what else in the corporate world's taking your fancy? Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, certainly looking at today, there's been a lot of, this is being Thursday, there's been a, quite a bit of grief in the, in, the, in, in the mid-cap market with a number of profit warnings and you've seen another stink bomb from THG Group today. So you are still seeing cost pressures in a lot of companies and they're now admitting that it is proving harder and harder to pass that on you've clearly got the pre- the clock ticking in terms of the government support program whether you think that's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do or not and i think 
philosophically, it's probably not what the government wants to do, given that it seems to be in favour of low tax, low regulation, mm. and, and less um, of a role in, in the economy. But equally, at the same time, it's facing a situation whereby it, it feels obliged to, to interfere, and we, we still don't know what the cost of that will be. So, it, I mean, the, the 250 is markedly performing the 100. Uh, I, I guess as a, as a 100 company, you're bigger, meaner, nastier, more established, or whatever you want to describe it. Mm. Um, and they're probably more capable of giving hell to your subsuppliers and standing up to anybody that wants to get a lower price off you. Uh, as, as a 250 company, you might be a little bit more the meat in the sandwich, and therefore it's probably a bit tougher for you from that, that Porter's five forces yes. equation in terms of how are you able to withstand input costs or pass them on and preserve your own margin. So I think that is interesting. And the Hilton food, a, a, a big thumping uh, today being a classic example. But you are seeing more and more signs of you know, DFS furniture. You're seeing more and more signs of either demand ebbing, cost pressures building, or both. And Renishaw is another example of that. It's a terrific, I mean, I, when I say terrific company, I mean, it's return on capital employed is great. It's operating margins are great. That is not investment advice. It's just looking at the numbers. Yeah. It's a leader in so many of its fields. And it does so little business in the UK, even though it's based in Gloucestershire, its spread, geographic spread is wide, its client industry spread is wide. So it's interesting when Renishaw speaks, and it doesn't do it very often, mm. um, what it's got to say, and that the, the, there's no outlook statement, which I think is, or there's no, there's no guidance in terms of specific numbers, which I think is entirely understandable. But Boss Will Lee does flag a softening in orders from the semiconductor industry, which if you think about it is an industry we've been learning for the last 18 months has been in short supply. So when some of their customers whom you assume had been screaming out for extra capacity and extra productive equipment and now not quite so keen maybe that's a good thing in the supply chain is healing that you know we're going to see less price pressure there but at the same time it would be indicative of a softening in end demand either because inventories have piled up or end demand for the gadgets is weakening or both so that again is interesting and if you look at Renishaw you know I've gone back through the numbers 25 30 years and it's it's profits annual profits only ever go down when it's basically a recession, you know, so it, it's a high quality business, but it's not immune to the cycle. And you've had the TMT bust and the recession in the US there, the great financial crisis, the Eurozone pause in 2013, uh, COVID, and, and that's when its profits went down. Didn't forecast a profits decline, didn't forecast a profits increase. But it'll be interesting because if, you know, Renishaw, I think is a good proxy and, and they didn't feel able to give guidance, which I think tells you again, it's uncertain out there. The one thing at least you can say is the share price is already halved. So it's not as if it's a shock to Mr. Market. I think you're now in the process of working out, you know, how bad yes. you can they get and is the market ahead of the share yeah. price. Russ, thank you very much indeed. That's Russ Mould of AJBL. Uh, we'll be looking again at the financial outlook for personal investors at the same time next week. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.